named it after our star attraction. Shady nasties? Shadynasties, asshole. And welcome to the Shadynasty League podcast. Today... For week nine, I believe we are. Week nine recap going into week 10. My guest host is Ben. Going to be talking with myself here for a little bit. So, uh, so Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to finally bust the myth that we are <laughs> one person. I do, I'm, I'm great at voices, as everyone can clearly hear here. So, yeah. um, so all right. Uh, more than any other week we've had yet. People have had questions for you, so that's probably going to take up a longer part of this podcast than any other ones. I'm an interesting man. I don't blame them. Yeah, let's jump right into it, starting with the first question that was absolutely asked. ASL, man. Yeah, 34. I'm a male, and I live in Smyrna, Georgia. But do you identify as a male? That's the main question. Yes, I do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There's probably some people in this league that genuinely don't know what ASL means. I used to always be confused if it was age, sex, location, or age, sex, language, like what language you spoke. Yeah, but you'd think after the first time someone <clears throat> answered that for you, then you would have stopped. Yeah, well, no, it's like I couldn't remember <laughs> from back when AIM was a thing what it really was. Because sometimes on AIM, you would chat with, like, random people. So. All right, I'm going to ask you some of these other questions, just random order. We'll try and do it speed round, I guess, so we can talk mostly fantasy football stuff. Do you believe All in right. aliens? Yes. I think it's ridiculous to think that there aren't other living beings out in the universe somewhere. Okay, instead of saving this question for last, I'm going to have to answer it early, get people's anger out of the way, because this is going to really rouse people up. Is a hamburger a sandwich? Yeah, I mean, it's meat in between two slices of bread. It's a different kind of sandwich, kind of like a Philly cheesesteak, because it's hot, cooked meat, but it is meat in between two slices of bread. Now, that... Answer alone should have confirmed half the league that we are not one person because I've gotten into it with my brothers and with Kenny. All three of them are team hamburger is a sandwich, and apparently all four of you guys are wrong. Um, so I'm assuming you you already have some argument uh, planned out for why it isn't a sandwich. I don't want to get into that because I've literally had no. this like talked about this for hours. I'm not even joking when I say that. But ask Kenny, Sam, or Andrew. We've had this. Freaking conversation, hamburger is a sandwich. We've debated it for hours. Um, so, so yes, we'll stick fancy football. That's why I wanted to get these ones out of the way first. Okay. Um, favorite lion, and and they put just stipulations, non-Barry Sanders, non-Calvin, non-carry-on. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin would be number one for sure, so that's fair. Barry, I mean, he's up there. I didn't get to really appreciate Barry Sanders as much, so I wouldn't rank him as high as some of the lions I've gotten to see play. Carry-on's an absolute ridiculous name to throw into that mix. I mean – Barry and Calvin, I think, are considered two of the best to ever play their position. They're they were both yeah. in Detroit. Carry on Johnson was good for like a year and only in fantasy football because he got a lot of catches, <laughs> but like not even close. But right now, it's got to be Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan man, beat Ohio State, gets drafted in state. Pretty good rookie year so far, promising. Uh, I'm going to go non Calvin, non Barry. It's got to be Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Um, probably should have seen that one coming. I mean, yeah. And I'm guessing David and Teddy probably guessed it before they even heard your answer. They were they watched the draft with us at your house and could see your reaction when the Lions took Aiden Hutchinson. So I will say from uh, Hard Knocks, I've become a big Malcolm Rodriguez fan. I mean, how can you not like the guy? He falls in the draft. He's like 
top 15 in the NFL in tackles or something. He's leading the team. I mean, he's good. Good, good, great value for a fifth round pick. I listened to a podcast uh, leading up to the NFL draft. It's the NFL Stock Exchange podcast with Trevor Sikma from Pro Football Focus and uh, Connor mm-hmm. Rogers from Bleacher Report. And Connor Rogers was all about Malcolm Rodriguez before this draft. You know, he I think he was fifth round pick, and Connor Rogers had him in like his top hundred players, and was like all He's about that small. guy. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, his only um, knock uh, was that his size. I think was that he was small, but everything else about him was like the production high upside. Yeah. Um, any other honor, honorable mention lines you want to throw out there? Maybe some of the past greats. Um, in Dominican Sue, I mean, it's kind of where it all started, right? His uh, his reign of terror. Um, but not Nick Fairley. If we're talking detached, definitely not Nick shit Fairley. on all the shit on all the Auburn Lions. Nick Fairley, Dan Orlovsky. I mean, the most popular lines clip of all time has got to be Dan Orlovsky running through the back of the end zone. So like <laughs> he's got to be up there. Um, Matthew Stafford. I mean, how can you not love the guy? He went through all that shit being a Detroit line for years, just getting absolutely pummeled and losing games, throwing his arm into dust. Yeah. But look what he had to go through after that was he had to go on your fantasy team. So like true, from but the lions I, to that. I mean, I, I think every Lions fan was happy for him when he won a Super Bowl in L.A. So good for Matthew Stafford. I think he still lives in a, in Detroit too. He like still has a home there. Calvin Johnson still lives in Detroit too. Yeah, but Calvin Johnson, it's my understanding, he and the Lions did not have a great relationship. Well, they still they owe like him money. Him they refused to finish paying off his contract when he retired, so they owe him like a couple million bucks or something. And people are speculating that the Lions have a curse until they pay him. His money. I mean, I mean, they were already cursed before him, but he's the goat. Come on, he was the face of the franchise. But oh yeah, I mean, uh, at least we're talking football. If we're going off on one of these questions and true, the true. Lions here, so um, <laughs> okay. Uh, do you or do you not want to play guns later? Uh, you know, it's funny because when I saw the best memory from Lupine question, I immediately thought of playing gun- <laughs> playing guns, uh, <laughs> that in our front yard football and pick up basketball. But yeah, absolutely. Let's play some guns. <laughs> Do you want to explain to people what guns is? <laughs> so guns was when typically James, Andrew, Sam and I would go down to James's house at night and we would dress up in all black and try to look tactical. And we would get toy guns and we would sneak around. And the, it was usually, I think, 1v1v1v1. Maybe occasionally we played 2v2. But the idea was to try to find and shoot the other people. And basically how you designated if you shot somebody is if you saw them, you said bang. And if you said bang, they were dead and you won. That was the and we would play that ever. a lot <laughs> somehow. Well, some, when some uh, Sam asked that question, it got likes, I think, from you, me, uh, himself, because he likes everything he does. Because Sam's weird like that. Uh, Andrew, Billy, Billy was a, someone also from Lupine who played some and then Kenny. So I'm, I'm sure Kenny wants wow. to get out there and play. If he can ever break can away from imagine? fly fishing and not working, then I'm sure Kenny would come play. Can guns. you imagine six adult men dressed in all black at night with toy guns, playing guns in like a park or something? That'd be awesome. <laughs> Until we, one of Bang. us gets arrested. <laughs> 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 We'd all be hammered too, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, it, it might so... be more fun now on like drugs or something. <laughs> And, and yeah, when the question that went with that favorite, favorite memory from Lupine, um, Ben actually yeah. lived, yeah, two houses up the street from me. And, and he's been my and best Billy friend. Billy was since. four or five houses past me. <clears throat> yeah. So <clears throat> Billy, it was Andrew's best friend since they were little. Ben's been my best friend since the summer before fifth grade. So that's why people think we're one, I guess. 
Um, so but, so uh, really, if there's ever a spot in the league, we got to add either Adam Rosenberg or Chad. <laughs> got to get Sam's best friend from that time too. You know, know. That Sam's be going Chad. through best friends. Sam, oh, what's no. up with that? So it's a good but, question. Yeah, uh, but my I'd say my most recent favorite memory from Blue Pine is when we all got high at your parents' house and watched uh, the Jersey Shore episode of Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best episode I've ever seen. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's the only episode of Always Sunny that I've seen where I was stoned. Hi, the first like, time, the first time yeah. watching it. Yeah, and it was um, amazing. And, and what do you think of the clip? The little intro. I, I, I'll bet you there's some people in the league that didn't realize our Dynasty League name came yeah. from it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah i mean it was a great clip I, i'm actually curious how many like fantasy football leagues there are, are out there that have like a dynasty format that are called that like there are all the uh the league what's it called uh, the shiva oh I mean, yeah it's probably i wonder what the split is between those two i'm sure yeah. more shivas but yeah when i came up with just wanting to do this dynasty league i think it was andrew if i'm not mistaken ideas gave him the shout out he said i wish you name it should dynasty league so um was there a shiva fantasy football league we were in or was this one did it used to be called that the only other league you and i have been in together was andrew's league um hmm. and you were only in that for a year i think the first year but uh okay. maybe it was like but, a work league or something but um, <clears throat> do you even want to take a stab at rating everyone in the league based off their silkiness of their jump shot well first off before you do that you can't really rate them if you don't know everyone so who right i asked tyler this question who do you know who don't you know who have you only met once and like you'd say as an acquaintance yeah so obviously i know you i know billy i know sam i know andrew uh, I've met Keenan a few times through you at like work stuff. I think I've met uh, Kenny a few times as well. Uh, You've been to Kenny's house. We went to, been to Kenny's house for the draft there. Uh, and then we went to Taco Mac when I first moved back to Atlanta from Seattle. We went to Taco Mac. I think it was me, you, Kenny, Sam, and Andrew, and maybe like somebody significant other. Maybe uh, I don't remember. Somebody else was there. Farrah maybe. Farrah came for a little bit. Yeah, I remember right. that. And the, the takeaway from that one I remember is when we were talking about Aaron Hernandez and Kenny was like, yeah, he died. And everyone's like, what? Like he killed himself. What do you mean he died? So I think that's everyone in the league that I've met. Or no, David. David came over for the draft. And Teddy. And Teddy. Um, yeah, but that's it. I, I didn't know Griffey. I didn't know um, Tyler. Tyler. Kevin went to high school. Kevin. I don't remember Kevin. Was he a different, different grade, I'm assuming? Yeah, he was Andrew in Billy's grade. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't – outside of, like, the people I played sports with and you and your brothers, I didn't hang out with a ton of people from Kel. <laughs> so that's basically I mean, always just play, tra playing travel baseball and stuff. Honestly, don't uh, – <laughs> From Kel now, there's very few people I still talk to. Yeah. But, uh, but the other questions, uh, now we can get into your favorite questions because they were all about Michigan football, 2021 oh, yes. Orange Bowl, you know, against Ohio Saw State. That coming. 20. So go ahead. I'll give you the floor. I'm not going to let you take it for the full hour, however long the podcast okay. goes, because I know you could just ramble about Michigan that whole time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, let's hear it. Tell, floor is yours to talk about Michigan <laughs> football for a couple minutes until I, until I hit mute on you. Okay, so to, to address the few questions that came up, the 2021 Orange Bowl – Honestly, by that point in the season, first of all, I knew Michigan was going to lose. I had a pretty good idea Michigan was going to lose. Georgia was clearly the better team going into that game. But at that point in the season, I literally did not care. I mean, we finally beat Ohio State. We won the Big Ten Championship. It was like everything after the Ohio State game was just extra icing on the cake, sprinkles, whipped cream, whatever. I didn't care. It was, it is, it was what it was. 
Um, so I'll give you that. I think this year, if Michigan and Georgia played, it'd be a better game. Cause I do think Michigan is better this year than they were last year. And we'll see how the season ends up, but their offense is more dynamic. Their defense is actually statistically better, even though they lost like three first round defensive players in Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo and Dex, uh, Dex Hill. So without them, they're a better defense, but to compare the program specifically, Michigan and Georgia per Billy's request, Michigan is by far a better program, maybe not in the last year or two, but by far a better program. So I actually found a website that you can compare two schools and their like stats and, and records side by side. So Michigan, all-time record, 731 win percentage, third all-time, Georgia, 661, 13th. Michigan, 11 national championships, second all-time, Georgia, three, 19th. Hey, can I jump in? Can oh. I jump in on that one? Um, yes. Georgia has three national championships. Uh, Georgia Tech has four. So just want to throw that out there. So there's a so, fair argument that Tech could be a bigger powerhouse. Of yeah, we, we might have to put those schools side by side because, you know, it'll be closer than obviously this Michigan. So you're saying in NCAA football 15, the prestige star rating for Georgia Tech could potentially be higher than Georgia. Probably back then cool. they would have only had two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Georgia Tech's most recent one would have been way more recent. It was in the 90s instead of the 80s. So, yep. So, beyond that, 43 Big Ten championships versus 14 SEC championships, 985 all time wins versus Georgia's 862, 85 consensus All Americans compared to Georgia's 37, three Heisman Trophy winners compared to Georgia's two, 300. Now, this is where it gets NFL related. 392 draft picks into the NFL, fifth all-time. Georgia, 361, 11th all-time. 51st round draft picks for Michigan, 44 for Georgia. 898 weeks ranked in the AP Top 25 poll, second all-time. Georgia, 640 weeks, 12th all-time. Now here's the best one. Michigan, 34 weeks at the number one spot, 12th all-time, Georgia 32. So there's really no stat in Georgia's favor. favor. Michigan's clearly a better program. I won't even hear it. Now, I can <clears throat> hear, you know, there's been a lot of hate on trading with you, and we'll get into that. And that's why I didn't ask you, I'm not going to ask you yet the trade questions. But yeah. I can feel, just from what you said, Tyler more likely to trade with you. Keenan, they're Gator boys. You know, they're mm. shitting on Georgia is definitely appealing to them. It's in my favor. Okay. And I already got Okay, Billy, first, so Billy already them. doesn't trade with you much. Teddy, you know, what is, mm-hmm. you know, you and Teddy, come on. Uh, you are, you after what you did to him last time, I mean, is he going <laughs> to want to trade with you again? So those Georgia boys, but Griffey and you know, when I offered the a- Georgia Tech guys. It, it, and when I offered up Gino, the only person to reply was Billy, and he wants to give me Stafford back for him. So the one trade I did make with Billy, he's already regretting. Uh, yeah, I'll, you know what? Do you want to jump in and t- start talking about trades right now, or do you want? To, I mean, I know that's what everybody wants to hear. Or do you want? You know what? Let's let's get a quick recap out of the way first. That's okay. I feel like every this podcast kind of starting to follow a formula. I want each each episode each week to be a little different. So I hate yep. that we're talking the same things over and over. But I like at least a little recap. I know you're not a fan of recaps as much, so you can do it however you want. Are there any okay. players, games, just whatever yeah. that you want to highlight from this last week or maybe even the last couple of weeks? Sure. Joe Mixon scoring 53 points. Is that a dynasty record? You know what? I don't keep any stats on individuals. Um, I feel like it has to I don't be. know. But Five I mean, touchdowns, I think Jamar Chase put up something comparable last year at one point. I think uh, – mm-hmm. 
I mean, there's been those crazy weeks from here. I'd be curious to see to see between Joe Mixon and Justin Fields combining for 96 points last week. If there's ever been two players in the same week combined for more points, I bet it could. There might not be. Those two players would have outscored your team. You had 80 last week. Um, A surprising 80. And you weren't even the lowest scoring team. I mean, but Kenny, I feel like, locked up that honor every week. He only had 75. Um, Andrew Sammy, only had Sammy's 71. David, 96 points. So David Andrew was the bottom those two would have been close. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that was obviously a surprise. I mean, Joe Mixon's kind of been struggling. He's picked it up a little bit lately, but that was obviously kind of an out of nowhere game for him. Derrick Henry starting to come to form. He had over 20 again. That was good to see. Etienne, what a nice surprise that's been for you. Drafted him when he was hurt, sat out an entire season, sits behind James Robinson. Robinson gets traded, and all of a sudden, Etienne's like, you know, the dark horse for the MVP if he keeps this up. Yeah, but I I mean, I drafted – he would have been long gone if he wasn't hurt. I picked him at sure. like ninth or tenth pick. He's the ACC's all-time leading rusher in yards, touchdowns, like all-purpose. Yeah, like he, he was such a stud in college. And such coming a off a lower body injury, PPR, though. You know. Well, it's, it was an ankle injury, right? Was it his ACL? What was it that he got? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Because I, I read remember. something about the reason he's able to cut so well is like the way he walks. He walks like really bow-legged, and it's like apparently good for, for cutting but bad for your joints. So who knows how long it'll last. You might want to, you know, you should probably trade him sooner rather than later. <laughs> um, let's see. Lamar Jackson had an okay – I mean, he's he hasn't – he's been doing well, but I think – more Jack J, J, or uh, Andrew really needs him to to step it up in the next couple of years. Otherwise, we'll see what happens to this offseason because his contract's coming to a close and Baltimore still hasn't paid him. You feel I feel like they have to, right? Like there's no way they let him go. Oh no! I mean, and if he hit the open market, the amount of money he could get would be insane. Yeah. Um, where, where would he so, go? I, Who can afford uh, him? While we're what talking, Lamar Jackson, I know you you can finish recap. I want to do ask you one trade question. Any regrets okay. about your Lamar Jackson trade from – I have all the trades that I could track down. It's actually – it was on November 10th, 2020. So it was two years ago to the day that you traded Lamar wow. Jackson to Andrew. I'm scrolling down to it right now. So I got Tom Brady, the Eagles defense, a 2021 first, a 2021 second, and a 2022 first for Lamar Jackson, the Chiefs defense, and a 2021 second. Uh, I definitely do not regret that. I think since that trade – Lamar Jack or Tom Brady has outscored Lamar Jackson in the last two years combined. Obviously I don't have Brady anymore, but you know, my team didn't end up the way that I had hoped it would. So I obviously had to start to rebuild. Um, the Eagles defense has been really good since then. I'd say definitely better than the chiefs defense for the last two years, especially this year. Um, those first, I ended up trading both of them away, but I mean, still, I, I'd have to go through and see what the, the butterfly effect was there, but I'm sure I got some. Well, I'm, I'm actually doing that right now. The first okay. that you got from Andrew, I took Zach Wilson over Jamar Chase, boo. Um, oh. The 2021 second uh, was the seventh pick of that round. And you traded back to Andrew, and he got Elijah Moore. Andrew took Kadarius Tony with, his, with the second you traded him. And then the 2022 first – um, was the one I ended up trading it to Tyler and the Stafford deal and Tyler traded it to Teddy in the Justin Herbert deal. And it turned into Garrett Wilson. Mm. He's been good. He's been really good. Both, both those Ohio State receivers have been good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously in the position I'm in now, would I rather have Lamar Jackson than Tom Brady? Of course, cause I'm not going to be good for a few years now, but I mean, in the time, in the moment when I was, 
you know, that was kind of the start of my going all in, like right before it, where I started trading away picks for players. And, you know, it got me from a last place team to a playoff team in a two year span. So, but that, that wasn't that. even a going all in trade. You got two firsts out of that. And it was I know, but I'm saying that was like the beginning of me trading younger guys. Cause I think the next year I traded you, Kyler, for some stuff, um, traded yeah, away that, some picks for, for Naj. I think that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good trade but i i feel like i'm i'm a mess this morning maybe it's lack of sleep from my son over the last week but i'm not keeping this conversation on track i'm like here's the recap but let me talk about a trade but let's ask this question so it's do you okay, want to finish organic. up your recap or were you done with it yeah let me just look through see if there's anything else i mean kenneth walker to the third for for uh <clears throat> is that keenan's team uh, uh teddy i believe teddy's team that was yeah, part of I mean, the justin herbert package i think yeah and Walker. he he's really looking good i think that's really promising for him because he's obviously not in a in a win now mode or probably not even win next year maybe win next year probably right. not um yeah i mean i don't think anything else dallas goddard had a good game yeah i mean i'm a little bit surprised andrew's the low, lowest scorer i'd assume that's going to go to kenny every week but um andrew somehow managed to only score 71 points to be honest, I'd be the bottom scorer every week if somebody would take Geno off my hands, but nobody seems to want the eighth best quarterback in the NFL right now for some reason. Which he's going to be a starter next year. I mean, if he's 100%. The way he's I mean, the playing, Drew Locke's like, out of the conversation. I actually was just reading an article on ESPN.com today about the contract Geno could get next year, and they were saying he could get a $30 million deal. Yeah. Well, if you're Seattle, like, okay, your draft pick's not going to be good enough to get a quarterback, so they're not going to. Drew Locke's not even in the same conversation as Gino after the way he's played this year. And Gino definitely still has several more years, what, four or five more years as an NFL quarterback if he's playing anywhere near this level. I mean, he's like, what, 32 or 33? Yeah, as long as he plays like this good, he's going to be a star. <clears throat> Gino Smith's value has increased more than almost any player yeah. in fantasy football yeah, in a two-quarterback so, league. You know, he's he, he, it wouldn't kill me to keep him on my roster just from an ILP standpoint, so I can hurt those who have my picks, aka you. <laughs> but I mean, he really doesn't do me any good by the time my team's going to be competitive. He's going to be a guy I'm wanting to get rid of, anyways. Okay. <clears throat> I think that's probably it. enough for a recap. I mean, nothing like crazy happened unless I'm missing something. Like, there weren't any major upsets, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I will highlight, I guess, here the um, game, of the, game of the week was yeah. myself against Jonathan. Going into it, we were both six and two. There was four <laughs> six and two teams um, with Keenan was one behind. He was five and three. Um, and Jonathan put 116. He had a pretty down week, but I had my highest scoring week of the year with 210. I mean, you, makes, you mentioned Joe Mixon. He, you know, counted for nearly a quarter of that. Um, yeah, I mean, that, if – that really put me in the driver's seat. That big uh, 210 put me a good bit up on the tiebreaker now on Keenan. Keenan won, He's only, but he only put up 107. And tiebreaker on Jonathan because tiebreaker's point scored. Um, mm. Ideal lineups really helped me. So that that in the game of the week was really good for me. It moved Jonathan from fourth and in the playoff to fifth. Um, so the upcoming games, when we talk about those at the end of the conversation, that we're going to put a lot on that because Jonathan and Keenan now have the same record. Uh, it looks like let's what's their point to score difference. I, I mean, there were a few questionable roster decisions by Griffey, I think, in that game, though, if you look at it right. So he's got James Robinson on the bench in lieu of Mac Hollins, 
who scored two points. And I don't think was, I mean, he's projected an okay game, but the Raiders have looked terrible. And then Robert Woods, no fault to Griffey's, had zero points because Malik Willis completed zero passes to wide receivers in that game. I don't know if you knew that stat. Five completions, running backs, and tight ends only. He looked awful. So who wait, who has Malik Willis in our league, by the way? Is it Kenny. Kenny traded Kenny? up into the first round to oh, get him. So. It, he does not look good. And he doesn't even look like he could be good. He looks terrible. Um, so that's kind of a bummer for him. But, yeah, I mean, I would have probably started uh, James Robinson up there ahead of ahead of uh, Matt, Matt Collins. Collins. So I think, you know, if, if Robert Woods has a normal game, he doesn't start Matt Collins, and Joe Mixon doesn't score 50, it's a much closer game, obviously, but I still think you're two to one. Yeah, would, I mean – He would it, have had Burrow go off for 30 or something. Yeah, I put up 210. There's <laughs> only been a couple times this season, which is ever no one – I think the record before the season was 199 and point something – um, but there's only been a couple instances of teams score over 200 this year. Of course, it's happening now with the added element of half PPR. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's worth noting that he started Adam Thielen last week and got a solid game out of him. You're welcome. 8.2. <laughs> See, that's yeah. why people need to trade with you. That's uh, they hey. they, they can not- work for both. Um, but okay, so do you want to talk trades? It's what everyone wants to hear. All right, fine. Oh. <clears throat> Okay, well, we have some questions that were pertaining to trades. We can, I guess, we'll start there and just see how the conversation goes. Okay. <clears throat> um, let's see. Teddy wants to know how does it feel to win a trade for once? <laughs> he said, nice. "Shots fired, Teddy. Teddy's supposed to be. Everyone talks about how nice Teddy is now and what." I think. Uh, I think he he's kind of. He's dumping on himself a little bit because he he he's he's buying into the hype that I ripped him off in that deal, but he he's just accepting it. I, I think I won that deal for my team because I need long-term assets. I need volume in the draft. Uh, and when I was talking to, to Teddy, he wanted to keep his draft volume, which is why I ended up sending thirds his way in exchange for seconds. So, you know, I, I think people who are counting out Najee are jumping the gun a little bit. I mean, he's shown enough uh, to prove that he's going to be the starting quarterback or running back for the Steelers for the next several years. I mean, there's no way – Barring oh, yeah. he just completely falls off the face of the earth that they're going to plan to replace him. And Warren's not going to be stealing a bunch of snaps from him or carries like he's going to be the guy. So he's good, you know, for, for several years minimum. Um, but for me, it was like a matter of like, okay, the difference between having the 12th pick cause I had Billy's first and the potentially fifth pick is huge. I mean, fifth pick, maybe a quarterback's left over. That's actually looking promising or a, like the top receiver or top running back. I mean, Bijan's probably going to go in the top few, but I'm saying like your options are so much better than a pick 12, which is essentially a second round pick. So my goal was just to move up in the first and then move up as many other picks as I could. So we went a lot of back and forth. Um, I tried to put in some stipulations about where people ended up in ILP, how that would impact who got what. I think he wasn't a huge fan of that. So basically my goal was to just try to move up as many draft picks as possible. And I think it was a total of four. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, cause I mean, Naj doesn't, he's not going to, he's probably not going to do me much good in four years. He might, he might, but he probably isn't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I talked to Tyler and I both talked last week. We both thought you won the trade. Like, so, um, so it feels that, good. Uh, it feels good though. But do you, do you think this is the only trade you've ever won? No, I think in our long trade history, it's, it's more even than people think. I know there's a bad taste in people's mouth with the Brady deal. Admittedly, that wasn't a great deal. Um, but 
I think historically our your and I, your trades and uh, our, our trades between each other have been fairly even. I think I've won some, you've lost some. I think I won the trade with Andrew for Lamar Jackson at the time. I mean, I think there's several trades that I've won. This isn't like news or some new <laughs> feeling for me. Um, it is interesting that this was the one deal where I feel like people vocally felt like I won the deal, probably because it wasn't with you. <laughs> yeah, if 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 my team was in there for Teddy's, then everyone yeah. would have riding. Oh, why are you giving James a young running back? Oh, exactly. <laughs> um, any specific? And to be examples? fair, I mean. To be fair, I've been shopping Najee. There's a few people or a few times where I've said, like, I'll talk to anyone but Najee. But in the last couple of weeks leading up and leading up to that trade, I was, I mean, I had messaged you about Najee. I had messaged Sam about Najee. I think Andrew, like, I talked to several people about him. Um, but sometimes it's just a matter of, like, how responsive people are and how realistic their trade expectations are. Because I think some people, when talking trades, are a little bit greedy and some just not responsible anyone you want to call out <laughs> no i don't want to call anybody out. i called out griffy in the chat and then he messaged me immediately so that works so if you're wanting to trade with griffy just call him out in the group hey i called him out in the uh, podcast last week for not being responsive yeah. and tyler called out sam so no so no names you want to drop of who's not responsive historically i was surprised to hear that historically i feel like if i reach out to sam he re he'll reply we don't get a lot of deals done we got one done this year a big one actually with Debo samuel but and deandre swift two big trades with sam this year but typically he'll reply if I message him. <clears throat> Sometimes it takes a little longer. I mean, he's a dad. Yeah. Got stuff going on. What was your thought process behind those two trades? The Debo Samuel. We'll do that one so, first. And, and okay. I'm asking really because I feel like some people think you value players differently than the general consensus of the rest of the league. Um, okay. First off, would you say that's an accurate statement? Maybe. I mean, I'm sure I think everybody values players differently because and I think a lot of that it's perceived value, too, because it's about like what you're planning to do. Sometimes you're making a deal because you want to make another deal and you need some of the assets back. Like it's layered like the weekend at the cabin where there were several trades that happened and all of them like each trade that I made tied to the next trade I made for about three or four trades straight. So, you know, I think that's a fair statement. I think everybody values people differently. But in this case specifically, I like Debo Samuel a lot. He, I, brag, I used to brag about him all the time that I drafted him and he's turned out to be such a good player. But, um, you know, Romeo Dobbs is a good young receiver. He's looked promising. He plays in Green Bay. They don't have a ton of weapons. And I got a first round pick back and a second round pick back. Uh, and, you know, I think long term it's going to work out for me because Christian McCaffrey is going to steal a lot of touches in San Francisco. Kittle's starting to look a little bit better again. Ayuk's been getting more catches. So Debo's kind of been dialed back. And the thing about Debo that I think maybe gets overlooked is he's essentially a running back first and a wide receiver second. When he was first in, in the league and he was starting to become like a good player, he was getting eight, 10 catches a game. And now he's getting like three or four, but he's getting 10, 12 carries. So he's a little bit less valuable in PPR and he's had injury history I and mean, he's never like out long-term, but he he's usually questionable every week or out a couple times a year. And uh, I don't know. I just, I'd rather have the future picks and the assets and, and just kind of thank you Debo for your service. You got me to the playoffs one year and good luck on your next team. <laughs> I think there was really any backlash on that one. I thought the general consensus mm -hmm. thought that was fair. I mean, I did. Um, yeah. And uh, a little <clears throat> history. Do you remember how you got Debo? Uh, it was a free pick. There was a trade I made with, who was it? 
It was Kenny and Kenny. That's the, that's the reason Kenny does shit like this. And that's the reason why Kenny is our worst team right now on draft day in 2019. He, uh, he said it was in the second round. So it wasn't like, you know, a terrible pick. It was eighth pick of the second round. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't want to make this pick. I will trade it to anyone in the league for a future first, but I only get the first if you make the playoffs. So for me, it was like, you know, I was coming off a of playoff. I think I'd won yeah. the league year before. I wasn't going to take that. But any this team was who knew they were going to be recently good. inherited the team. Yeah. I think you had the number one pick or whatever that year, the year before you took Kyler. <laughs> and uh, so it was like a no brainer because you were a long shot to make the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah. And Kenny basically gave Turned you Debo, Debo Samuel. And, you know, some picks after that, you know, that Tony Pollard, he could have taken went two picks later. Um, Damien Harris was there, Alexander Madison. You took a couple picks later, actually, not a ton yeah. of great talent that draft afterwards, but still, so. <clears throat> Debo was enough to, to make the argument there. Um, but I mean, they're all it's all it's all a roll of the dice, to be fair. Uh, I feel like there was another trade I had asked you about it to get your thought DeAndre? process behind, but uh, oh, that this this one looking in hindsight now, Swift's been hurt, but. Mm -hmm. Zeke and Robinson haven't been, I guess, what you thought. What, what was your thought so, process on that? And who so offered at the that time, trade? How, how did that play I, out? I did. Okay. I, I messaged Sam about it. <clears throat> and the reason I did was because uh, this was back in July. So well, first July. remind everyone who got what. Well, I, I, so I got I, it here. It's, it's, you got Ezekiel Elliott, Allen Robinson, and the eighth pick of the uh, second round, which is the same right. pick you happened to take Debo a couple years for. And Sam yeah. got DeAndre Swift. Correct. And at the time, I was still high on my team coming to the year. This was the first deal I made. Um, and I was still thinking I, my team had a shot and I needed some depth. DeAndre Swift is obviously a good young running back and he gets a lot of catches. So I think he'll have a little bit longer running back career than, than some running backs. Than Terry on did. <laughs> yeah. But Zeke, up until last year, I mean, last year, I think he was the third best running back in terms of like rushing yards. He had over 1,000 yards last year. He gets a ton of carries. He's a touchdown machine. Obviously, everyone's going to say Pollard, Pollard, Pollard. Pollard obviously looks good. He looks better, I think. But, like, if you watch any show where they're talking about the situation, it's always like Pollard's good, but he's only that good because Zeke is in there pounding, pounding, pounding. So I like guys that get touches and carries, so I like Zeke. And he doesn't have a ton of years left. But also, Allen Robinson, I mean, was a good receiver in Chicago. He gets traded to L.A. What's everyone think? Like, this guy's going to be a stud. He's going to be getting – you know, half of Cooper Cup's catches if he plays like he did in Chicago. He's obviously turned out to be an absolute worthless sack of shit, but, like, there was no way I knew that was going to happen. So mm -hmm. at the time, I felt like I was getting some depth and a pick for a guy who, you know, I 100% thought Zeke and Allen Robinson would outscore DeAndre Swift, and there's I wouldn't even thought twice about it. But And DeAndre Swift does get hurt a lot, so um, I, I don't know. I think he's, yeah, I don't think he's played a full season since he came into the league. No. So, I mean, was it a great trade for me long-term? Probably not. But at the time, I felt like that was maybe the two two pieces I could use to, to make a run this year. Um, some depth at flex, basically. Yeah, okay. I get the logic there. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, obviously. Yeah. Um, so now let's try and take hindsight out of it because I will want to hear your hindsight analysis of this trade, but tell us your thoughts at the time. Tyler specifically asked, Jordan Love. That trade, I mean, because hindsight now looking back, it looks like I won that trade against yeah. you. Um, reminder, I got Miles Sanders, Tom Brady, and the Colts defense. 
Ben got Jordan Love, Irv Smith, the Buccaneers defense, David's 2023 third, and your own 2024 third back. Yeah. So what so, was your thought process behind that one? I don't remember all the steps because typically when you and I trade, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of offer, counter offer, offer, counter offer. I'm sure you swindled me into it by <laughs> telling me Irv Smith was, you know, played at Alabama and he's going to be the next best tight end in the NFL and the Buccaneers defense. Like I'm sure you, you blew it out of proportion, but for me, obviously Tom Brady has no value for me after this year. At this point, this was late September. My team was already bad. It was clear. I was not, I had to get at the time. It had a 9% chance to make the playoffs and I forget who I was playing that week, but it was like almost a sure thing I was going to lose. So I was like, whatever, fuck it. I'm going to rebuild. It'll be more fun trying to rebuild than it will be biting my nails every week, wondering if I'm going to make the playoffs or not. And then the later you get in the season, guys like Tom Brady have, I think, less value because it's, especially if he might retire, I mean, it's going to be clear late in the season. So it's only going to be a contender with an, an injury that would want him. Um, so he didn't bring me much value. Jordan Love, so I know... <laughs> I know uh, Aaron Rodgers signed a, a, another a longer-term deal, but he looks so bad. He's on your team. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? I, I wish I, I had agreed to a trade with Keenan in this offseason that got vetoed. I wish it didn't. So. He looks terrible, and Green Bay as a whole does not look good. I mean, their defense looks okay. Their offensive – I mean, they have a ton of injuries, but, like, has Aaron Jones even been playing well? I don't even think he looks good. AJ Dillon definitely hasn't looked as good. I think Jones has been pretty good, at least from a fantasy perspective. I think he's put up points. I don't. While well, we're talking about Aaron Jones, of Green Bay, we're but. bouncing around here a lot. But I'd like to bounce back a couple seasons ago, early last season, where right before I traded two first round picks for Najee Harris, I actually offered Andrew two first round picks for Aaron Jones, and he said no. Do you think he should have taken that deal? I think Andrew one hundred percent should have taken that deal, <laughs> but he didn't. So. Just Instead, he said, "All he he said, I'm going to hold him for another six months through the offseason, yeah. so I can give him to Tyler for two late second round picks instead." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like you asked if I've ever won a deal. I think I won a no deal there, and I uh, <laughs> I think the, the few times I've traded with Andrew, I've swindled him the way you swindled me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great deal. Irv Smith's obviously on the IR now. Since then, he went on the IR. Since then, the Vikings traded for T.J. Hawkinson. Who saw that coming? I still think Jordan Love is going to be a starting quarterback in the next few years. I mean, Aaron Rodgers might retire before the end of his contract if Green Bay is not a contender. It's pretty clear he and uh, Devontae kind of needed each other. Um, Miles Sanders, obviously a good running back. He's having a good year. I think the week I traded you, Brady and Sanders, they were your two highest scoring players that week. And then Miles Sanders has subsequently been traded like four times since then. So nobody seems to want that guy for whatever reason. He's a young, good running back on a great offense, but um, I don't know. It, it wasn't a great deal. I, I don't remember my exact thoughts at the time. Probably I'm getting two, two good third round picks back, like two high thirds. Um, Bucks D was like, that was the top D, you know, at the time. I, I think, think, I think I added it at the end. I was like, do a defensive swap to push it over the top. I need to like improve somewhere. And then, I mean, I, Jordan left I think this trade right now looks like you won still TBD. If in the next few years, by the time my team consenting again, Jordan loves a starting quarterback somewhere. I think this deal made sense for me for sure. Jordan love. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you some core. He's been in the league for three years now, but I'll tell you some quarterbacks. He's younger than Jordan love is younger than let's see. He's uh, Joe Burrow was that same draft. He's two years younger than Joe Burrow. Jordan love is younger than Justin Herbert. 
He Jordan Love is younger than Mac Jones, younger than Kenny Pickett, younger than Davis Mills. Jordan Love is still has he came into the league in like Kenny 20 Pickett. years old. Yeah, wow. Kenny Pickett was is an old rookie, but Jordan Love is younger than him. So See guys, this is the kind of stuff James says when you're trading with him that convinces you that's a good idea. So just <laughs> look for this kind of behavior in the future. No, you uh, you were just <laughs> saying um, that you think our trades for the most part are even, and now you're trying for to the most part. Now you're trying to well, rile. I have to up. rile up the mob. I wouldn't be doing my job as your co-host if I didn't bury you in front of the, the league. Yeah, I, I feel like I should have strategically hit the pause button or the mute button for you there, so no one <laughs> heard me of that. But yeah, um, no, I, I think right now you look at this in a in a vacuum. Bad deal for me, long term TBD. Okay, but overall, you're still you know optimistic about Jordan Love though, right? Because specific, Tyler's question was specific about Henry. Thoughts on Jordan yeah. Love. What are your thoughts on Jordan Love today? Not at the time of the trade. <laughs> I, I mean, my thoughts on Jordan Love today are he's been sitting behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for several years. And by the time he gets his chance, whether it's in Green Bay or somewhere else, he will be a adequate starting quarterback in the NFL and will get me somewhere between 14 and 20 points every week. And I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, do you would you undo that trade today in hindsight? I mean, the only reason I would say yes is because I think I probably could have gotten more for those two guys from other people. But no, I don't. That doesn't bother, that trade doesn't bother me as much as it does everyone else. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that was Sam's question. This is the last question we have that was okay. in the group me, I believe, was which trades do you regret the most? Now, I I think I told everyone this that I went back and tried to look up as many trades as I can. I scrolled mm -hmm. through the group me basically back to the beginning of the group me. And I kind of, I've always tracked like which draft picks are traded. So I tried to fill in gaps and stuff there. Now okay. I got most of them back to the start of the 2020, 2019 season, which that goes back to, you know, I, uh, when Jonathan first joined the league on draft day on August 18th, 2019, he traded Mitch Trubisky, Andrew, he got Mitch Trubisky, Stefan Diggs and the, a second round pick that he drafted DK Metcalf and gave Andrew Tom Brady and Michael Crabtree Andrew getting ripped wow. off there. Uh, so that's going way back. Um, so I sent that spreadsheet over to you and I should just put it in the Google sheet. I don't know why I still haven't. Uh, maybe I'm hoarding this information, um, <laughs> but I don't know if you had a chance to look through it. Are there any historically over the trades on there over the last four years that you regret or any ones that come to mind that aren't on there? Non-trade related, my single biggest regret was drafting Deshaun Kaiser in the first round of my first year in the league. I would like to get that out of the way. And, you know, I think I've said this before. My my worst, of course, it took Zach Wilson one pick ahead of Jamar Chase. And that's not as bad as who went two picks after your Deshaun Kaiser pick? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that's right. Three yeah, quarterbacks in a row in 2017. We oh, I, the, the first round of 2017, listen to this and tell me what player stands out the most. Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Deshaun Watson, Kareem Hunt, Joe Mixon, the top six, then Corey Davis, Deshaun Kaiser, Mitch Trubisky, Pat Mahomes, Samaj P. Ryan, and Mike Williams. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan stands out the most. Hey, Samaj P. Ryan's still in the league. I think he might even be on a roster right now on our in our league. And, you know, I mean, like, I'll bet Teddy would take back Corey Davis and, uh, you know, Andrew probably wishes he got Mahomes, well, definitely over Trubisky. But Kaiser, yeah. man, that was that was a rough pick. 
That's a bad one. I actually scrolled all the way down to the bottom of your tr trade list, and I'm looking at some of these that are actually kind of funny. So I got I actually got what turned into DeAndre Swift and uh, Demar was his name Demaria Crockett. I don't even remember how to say his name. He was a Colorado State, maybe. Yeah, for Jason Ben Roethlisberger. That was the first trade I made, which I think was actually a good trade. Obviously, the first trade that I have tracked, and yeah. I don't have. Well, no, the, that was uh, definitely the first trade I made for sure. Okay. Uh, which um, it made I remember that one because it made sense at the time I was actually there was a little upset with you at that time because it was Ben Roethlisberger a starting quarterback this is starting quarterback value peak Billy's mm -hmm. you know team is great but he only has one quarterback I think Wentz was his only starting quarterback and yeah. you gave him Ben Roethlisberger for just a first and a second that are going to be late and then Billy missed the playoffs and won the lottery and the first turned into or no that wasn't that year but um, the first turned into Swift. It was that year. And uh, Crockett was a miss. But Swift well, for Roethlisberger straight up it was, you know, hosing them. What's funny is back back then when I first took over the team, I was looking through it. I think you and I were on one of our college football trips or something. We were driving in the car. And I was looking through my team. And you're like, if I were you, what I would do is start to look at some of the guys you have right now that are still still have value and find, like, older guys and trade them to teams that are contending for picks. And I was like, that's a good idea. That was, like, the first – Dynasty advice I got. And so the first thing I did was treat Ben Roethlisberger to Billy. That's the same advice I was telling you. Tyler and I were having this conversation last week. I, I'm sure you heard the podcast. I yeah. was saying in an ideal world, I think, you know, the bad teams who are out of it, if guys only have value for, you know, your window, if you're not competing this year or next year, and a guy only has value for two years, you obviously trade him for an mm -hmm. asset that's younger. And I think that's the trades we saw, especially this last one. Um, you know, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and George Kittle for Kyle Pitts in a 2024 second. That's exactly the type of trade that yeah. I was referring to. Here's a doozy too. On September 17th, James gets the right to swap first in 2020 with the worst of Ben or Billy's firsts. If it doesn't convey, it becomes a second round pick for Carlos Hyde. Guess who that pick turned into? Wait, hold Jonathan on. Jonathan Taylor. What, what was the date on this? <laughs> September 2019. September 17th. I traded basically swapped first or a second, depending on how it played out uh, for Carlos Hyde. And that draft pick turned into Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> we swapped. So, yeah. And you got, so that was you, one I probably, I moved up four spots in the first round for Carlos Hyde. And I got the Jonathan Taylor pick and you got pick 11, yeah. which you then traded back to me in another future trade. And yeah, not, I got Jerry. I think I'm trading with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so but the trade I regret most, obviously the the elephant in the room has to be the trade the other day with Griffey, and let me explain. So, I, and I think you can attest to this. I constantly some of the guys I don't know as well in the league constantly confuse Kenny Keenan, uh, Teddy Griffey, like some of these guys that I don't have as much like you and Andrew, like I don't know them as well. When I'm like glancing through names, like I just forget who's who. So when the initial conversation started with Griffey. In my head, the picks I was getting when it was best of Jonathan and Keenan's pick is that Keenan was Teddy, and it was going to be like a pretty good pick. So that's why I originally got interested. Then through some of the back and forth, I sent like an offer. He would counter, and I, I was doing this. I had the group me app up on my computer, so I was like typing it out and stuff, and it looks a little different. So there's a bunch of small factors playing into some of the confusion. And then um, my most recent counter, we like we were literally had – the conversation was spanning over like four and a half hours. Like we were talking all day. And the most recent iteration of the deal was like a deal that involved, um, you know, a couple picks, a couple players, 
obviously. And then I was getting some picks back. And when he countered the most recent one that I accepted, he had removed the picks that, and I didn't realize it. I thought it was just, he was like, cause I think he said like, okay, how about this? Or like, would you do this? And so I thought it was just an iteration of the last deal, but it was really fundamentally a different deal. So after I accepted it, I was like, oh, damn, that was a bad deal. I was kind of pissed, but I was like, you know, it's my fault. I misread it. Like, I wasn't mad at anybody but myself. And then everyone's like, we'll just redo it. So he reached out. I reached out to him, and then he, he responded. He's like, I want you to feel good about it. But I also felt like because I botched it so bad on my end that I wasn't going to sit there and, like, argue back and forth with him about the, the semantics of it. So when he was like, how about I just throw the, a third back in, I was just like, okay, I just wanted to be done with it. But that was obviously a bad deal for me. Okay, it's been a week now. Do you think it's as bad as it was as you thought at no. the time? I mean, the no, I mean, all right, but Henderson, Zeke, you know. So here's the thing. I, I, I regret Zeke and the, the Eagles' defense, honestly, probably more than anything because they are maybe the best defense in the NFL in fantasy because they score like crazy, turn the ball over like crazy. The thirds or whatever. Zeke, I think, has some value. Thielen, this has got to be – one of his last two, three years at most. I mean, he's getting up there. Just Jefferson's getting a ton of catches. Hawkinson now is going to be stealing some of those. And Daryl Henderson, I mean, Cam Akers now is staying in L.A. L.A. was originally trying to get Kareem Hunt at the trade deadline, so they obviously don't have a lot of faith in him. He's already split in time with another back there. I don't remember who it is at this point. Uh, forget who. It's not Sony Michelle anymore. But there's a third guy in the mix that was getting some carries. So, I don't know. He Again, running back four years from now does me no value. Does me no good. Really doesn't have any value for me long term. So, was it a great deal? Obviously not. Am I bitter about it at this point now? I don't think any of these trades you've mentioned that you've had to like try and defend yourself on are like as bad as the group. As well, I get have. roasted to oblivion in the group chat. Well, so okay, and but then again, so does everyone who trades with me. It doesn't matter if it trades fair, and you know that it's just people like to riot. And you and I trade more than any other, you know, pair of owners. So um, are there any other, you know, final trades that you've been involved in that you feel that you, this is your platform that you want to justify yourself because you've been roasted on? Uh, God, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like I fleeced Billy a little bit. Stafford has not looked like he's a first round value. I think you can make the argument either way. I mean, Stafford's going to play for several more years. He's still a good quarterback, but he has not looked good and doesn't do me much good. Um, so I think Billy probably overpaid for Stafford there. Uh, no, I think every other deal all over again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I think every other deal I'm like, okay, whether it didn't get roasted too hard. Okay. Well then let's judge other people. Okay. Um, the one that I, I said something on it a minute ago, but a week ago today, Keenan got Deandre Hopkins and George Kittle. Andrew got Kyle yeah. Pitts in a 2024 second. What do you think about that? I love this trade for both of them. There's been so many good trades, like where the trade got posted, like somebody posts a stupid gif of like the siren and then a trade gets posted. And I'm like, yes, I love this. First of all, I love, I love crazy trade. I love trades. I love madness. Um, Keenan. I mean, obviously Deandre Hopkins is since he's been back has looked like one of the best receivers in the NFL. I mean, he is putting up crazy numbers and it's helping for the season because Marquise Brown's out and before Marquise Brown was out, he was getting every single catch on the team. So obviously a huge upside for Keenan for this year. George Kittle, maybe the best tight end in the NFL the last few weeks. I mean, he's been putting up crazy numbers the last like two, three weeks too. Mark Andrews has been hurt. 
Kyle Pitts, I mean, there's obviously still a lot of upside there. He's young as hell. He's one of the best receiving tight ends in the NFL. He's looked god-awful this year, or they're just not getting him the ball. I don't know. I don't watch as many Falcons games as you do, so I'll let you decide what the issue is there. And then a second-round pick, and Andrew needs youth and needs pick pick uh, capital, so I like it for both teams. Yeah, I I mean, pretty much everything you said, for the most part, I agree with. Uh, I love trades, too. <laughs> Obviously, I make more trades than anyone, but not just the ones I'm involved in. When I see the siren, I'm like, Hell yeah. You know, I, I want to see, even though like, even when like Tyler was making all his moves in the off season, I'm like, wow, Tyler is fleecing other people, um, you know, Teddy and Andrew and whatnot. And his team now on paper is better than mine. I'm still like, hell yeah. I like seeing that. I like seeing, um, you know, all the trades. And this one is exactly what I was talking about with Tyler last week that Andrew, I mean, it was a win-win. Like I, I don't want to just repeat everything you said. It was a win-win. Andrew got younger, got the pick. Keenan, I mean, Keenan was all in. He'd already decided he was all in. And Keenan was in that, he was in the fifth spot, right? You know, behind Griffey. And those two teams are pretty comparable. But Keenan, on paper, his roster is better than Griffey. I think before this with the Jamar Chase injury, his roster was slightly better. This puts it a good bit better. I think Keenan, Keenan was Sam's bold prediction that he was going to win it all this year. That's not that bold of a prediction anymore, especially after this trade. Keenan's roster is definitely it's it's working its way from that second tier into that top tier with me billy and tyler Um, yeah i think keenan's biggest weakness right now is he's got a lot of quarterbacks on his team but honestly outside of jalen hurts i don't trust anyone else on that team i mean marietta's look good but he doesn't have a ton of depth he definitely needs some depth in general i think he's got too many quarterbacks if i was keenan and obviously i know what i'm doing when i'm all in I would dump a quarterback or two for for some more flex depth because okay, you said Mariota's look good. Mariota has put up decent fantasy numbers. He's the number twelve yeah, quarterback. That's what I mean. You in watch fantasy, the yeah. Fantasy. You watch the Falcons. Mariota's not look good. He's At least in good. my in my opinion, he looks pretty bad. And as yeah. a Falcons fan, I want to see what Desmond Ritter could do. And I wouldn't be surprised if Mariota gets benched before the end of the season. To be clear, um, it looked good for fantasy. Yeah, he, he I don't. Does, think, he has been scoring. Yeah, I don't think Danny – I mean, Danny Dimes, I don't think he's getting benched. Pickett, Mm-mm. you know, he's a rookie. He's he's is what it is. I think he has a ton of turnovers and whatnot. Jalen Hurts is stud, but I agree that Keenan's next move – I mean, he's got two stud running backs. He's got three great receivers, a great tight end, two great flexes, um, you know, one elite quarterback here. I think if he got that second quarterback, then – then he's definitely solidified in tier uh, in tier one, but who's yeah. trading quarterbacks? Let me look. I don't yeah, think. Right. I don't think. I mean, me, Billy, Tyler aren't going to make that move. Griffey doesn't have one to spare. I mean, um, Sam Mahomes' car. I, I bet Sam would take back that Derek Carr trade. To be but... fair, though, I, I think it's fair though to say with Keenan's team is he's been a little bit bailed out this year by the fact that Jamal Williams is the thirteenth ranked running back in the NFL. He's not even the best running back on his team. Yeah, but he's the only health running back on his team. But I know, healthy. but I'm saying, like, nobody saw that. Like, you could predict that. Like, Jamal Williams, best case scenario going into the season, was going to get five to eight carries a game. Like, that, but it did that happen. Has, I mean, yeah, it you did happen. predict it, but it did happen. Kamara I, has I'm not Keenan, looked like Kamara. If I'm Keenan, I don't – Look at his bench, man. His bench is terrible. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's not many like top tier quarterbacks to go after. I'm sure David's probably still shopping Garoppolo and Russell Wilson, 
but I mean, Russell Wilson's bad. Like it, I mean, before the season, that would have been a good pairing if it was Russell of old, but um, you know, I don't think Kevin's moving a quarterback. He just traded for one because he's had a quarterback, you know, deficiency, a deficit. Andrew doesn't have any give up. Kane doesn't have any give up. Teddy's probably not moving on from fields now, or, you know, you'd have to pay a super premium. So, I mean, you're the guy here. I think Keenan probably needs to call you. And I'm not just saying this because I have your pick, but I think Keenan probably needs to call you for Geno Smith because Geno Smith think he could get for relatively cheap compared to, I mean, compared to any other top 10 quarterback for sure. But Geno Smith's number eight quarterback. I was watching something on ESPN today or yesterday where they had their tiers of quarterback. They said, Patrick Mahomes is the only tier one, you know, it's like basically a one, two, three, like of elite quarterbacks. Tier two is Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Tier three was Geno Smith and like Lamar Jackson, like Geno Smith. Geno Smith's a dark horse for MVP this year. That's freaking wild. No one, I mean, that's, no one saw it coming. That's got to be the craziest storyline of the NFL season. So to me, that's just the obvious pairing is, I mean, don't I, if I'm you, I'm not giving away Geno Smith. No, definitely I'm, not. He's because he's only trading him for his value. But I think him being a 32 year quarterback who does have risk in the next couple season window uh, because of his history. Um, but so, like I, t- I think it'd be a decent if you get a good offer, you move him. But to, yeah. if I'm keen, and that's who I'm calling about. I, I mean, I'm actively shopping Geno because I, he has a lot of value right now. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to, it's not going to be one of those trades where everyone's like, no way you got that. You know what I mean? It's going to be, yeah. it's going to have to make sense, but it's funny you say that. Cause I actually reached out to Keenan about, Gino already. And I won't tell you the specifics of the offer, but the response I got back was, and I quote, no way exclamation point. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how he feels after this. Podcast. That's hilarious. No, I'm really curious <laughs> what the deal is. Well, th- this is your time, not just to Keenan, but if you're shopping them, you, you've been saying you've got guys on the block. All year you've yeah. been doing that. Yeah. So and every time I do it all, and this is a great segue into another topic, but the only response you ever see when I am shopping people is either Billy saying uh, you're in last place because you have those guys or Sam saying, don't trade with Ben. James has his pick. And and we'll talk that in a second. First, uh, who's, who's still available on your team and what's your sales yeah. pitch to, I mean, you know, just out there. Yeah. Legitimately, at this point, now that Najee's gone, I am open to offers for anyone on my roster. Um, most well, okay. most top of mind, Geno Smith, obviously, for all the reasons you just said, he's he's not old by any means. He looks very good. Seattle looks very good as a team. I don't see them just like all of a sudden sucking. Um, I mean, Melvin Gordon, I'd love to trade him. I'd probably accept probably what people would say undervalue for Melvin Gordon. He doesn't do me any good in a few years, and he's a starting running back for the Denver Broncos. Do you good have – yeah, I mean, feel free to put – I mean, this – it's my understanding everyone in the league listens to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So feel free to say what you what the price is. So maybe someone will say, I'll give you a third for Melvin Gordon if that's the price. I would I would take a, a somewhere around a late second. How about that? So I'll let okay. people interpret what they think that – you know what they could come in at. I would take a late second, early third for Melvin Gordon. What about Gino? For- I mean, Gino's your your crown jewel. It seems like of of because I, I don't think you're going to shop some of your younger like Jahan Dotson has a ton of value, but he's you know yeah. someone to build around. It makes sense for your team. So I don't know your crown jewel for trading. So what Gino's tricky? He's trickier to me. I don't know what I would value him from like a draft picks standpoint because I don't think he's worth a first, but I think he's worth more than a second. So it would probably have to be like Gino for a younger 
quarterback that still has a lot to prove that maybe wasn't like super highly valued or even just like a young talented player in general that has some upside, but maybe isn't like the guy yet. Like I think Gino for, I don't know, probably someone that's like mid, maybe like early second kind of value. I think he's probably worth that. You could maybe, and I'm not going to throw players out there or something, but if not Keenan, I'd say your next text message should probably be to Griffey. Um, Cause not Gino bad. would instantly become Griffey's, well, his second best quarterback. He's got Joe Burrow, and that could put him, you know, past Keenan, because <laughs> those yeah. two are are as of now fighting for the last playoff spot. And we'll talk this later, but they actually play each other in the very last week of the season, which mm. could realistically be a play into the playoff. So, uh, I mean, if either one of them, Geno Smith would help either one of their rosters, and if either one of them, you know, they they're both going for it this year. So, I, I would say he's probably your next text. Well, it's funny because I, I just scrolled back in my conversation with Griffey before the Zeke and all those guys, that package deal. At the time I traded him Zeke. Um, so at that time, Zeke would have been his second highest scoring running back and Thielen would have been his third best receiver at the time for the season mm-hmm. point scored. Mm-hmm. And, and he was pushing back a lot. He, he was talking about how much he doesn't like those guys. And I was like, if you had him today, <laughs> they'd be some of the best players on your team. I mean, but, he's got a couple of young pieces, you know, James Cook yeah, and Mel Robinson, who are like, you know, rookies that are promising. Well, stuff, is James so. Cook, what do you think about him? Because I feel like his value has just plummeted. I mean, they just traded for Naheem Hines. True. Um, and he was a waste of a second round pick. I wouldn't do Gino for James Cook, to be honest. No, but no. Um, the talent was still there. I mean, he was a home run hitter. I feel like every time I watch Georgia, he just he made some big splashy plays. He was better than Zamir White, who Billy traded up for. Um, and so I, I still think that the talent is there and he's definitely worth the roster spot. I wouldn't trade straight up for yeah. him, but, you know, but anyway, we're not here to, to, uh, you know, talk about what offers you should send out. You can do that. And, uh, but I do like, uh, that you can, you know, at least make, uh, make a little sales pitch to the league for some other players. If there's anything else you want to, or if there's, you know, um, uh, anything you want to say about making a trade. I'm, I'm just, I'll just say I'm collecting draft picks and I'm collecting young players that maybe haven't bloomed yet, but have some potential who maybe you, you or your team can't totally justify a roster spot for if you could get somebody that makes you better now and you're in contention like Geno Smith. Yeah. Collecting draft picks. I think this year, how many do you have now? You have four. Have four. And then but and you I have, think I have a first and three you seconds. Have, you have the most of anyone. You and David each have five in 2024, but you have better draft capital because yours is a first and four seconds. He is a first, two seconds, which is going to be an early third. Yeah, this year, um, Teddy has the most. Whoa, Teddy has seven draft picks this year. So here's what Teddy told me. Teddy Teddy said he wanted volume. He said he wants to just be able to throw a bunch of darts at a dartboard and hope one lands. Yeah, well, (laughs) apparently he didn't want his own first for that. He wanted Billy's first. He wanted a later dart throw than – I mean, for not he got Najee. That's a – can't hate on him too That's a pretty good dart. But, yeah, yeah, you were right. It's a good segue, what I was saying, of of trade. So you want to take it from there and tell everyone what we should segue into? So I'm not going to harp on it. I think – there was a good conversation about it last week. My my only one of the things I'd like to add to the discussion about ideal lineup points is this. You know, fundamentally, there isn't a huge difference between how ideal lineup points work and how 
your record works in, in terms of like trading draft picks. Cause I think that's where probably it has the biggest impact, right? Is like draft pick trades or where you end up in the draft. So fundamentally there is a huge difference, but there is a 100% noticeable difference. And I can say this cause I trade all the time when you're trading with somebody that playing into their mind, there was never a conversations before in previous years, like, Oh, I don't know. It looks like you're going to end up maybe six and you know, 12, I don't know, you're, you're probably middle of the pack. Now it's like, no, James has your pick. I'm not going to trade him to you because your ideal line of points are going to fall. It's much more top of mind for people. And it has certainly restricted trading because people don't want to see other people get more value out of your picks that you've previously traded. So it's it's having a bigger impact uh, in, in execution than it is uh, like fundamentally the difference between the, the two formats. Now you say it restricted trading. I don't think that's true. We have more trades, at least on the spreadsheet this year already than we did the last two seasons combined. There have been so many freaking trades this year. Um, so yeah, it, so I don't think that's true. Um, and what I mean by that is I never offered someone to trade in the past and then say, no, James says your first next year until this year. I don't think that has to do with it being ideal lineup points. I think it has to be the draft order, projected draft order being put in people's face every week. I never before in previous years would send out, I would send the rankings. But, but that's because but, of ILP. That but that's that. different. Now with, uh, yeah, you're right. With ideal lineup points, now I send, here's the projected draft order and here's what a team needs to do in terms of points, ideal lineup points moving up or down um, to move that draft spot. And I know the, the league rallies behind me. So it's just you in the unenviable position of me having your pick. So I think that really only also applies to you. I don't think that's happening to anyone else because I don't think anyone else cares if another person gets helped. I think they just want me to get hurt. Maybe. I, I, I don't love ILP. I, I, like, I, don't, I don't think there's anything really wrong with it. I just feel like it has become more of a factor maybe for the reasons you said, maybe for other reasons, I don't know. It has definitely been more of a factor in trade negotiations than historically uh, draft pick trades were because it's more, like you said, maybe probably because it's more in people's faces of where that draft pick might end up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, well, that goes into, uh, I do you, okay. Do you have an alternative? Uh, I don't have a great alternative. I mean, we talked about it a little bit before. I don't love this format, so I don't want to do this. But I think, um, you know, if you if everyone plays everyone every week and your record's based off who you beat and who you lose, that would be a step up from our old format in terms of, like, parity, I think. Because it's based on your record, but also... Um, well, okay. First, let me step back then before we start talking an alternative. Do you think the strategy of Tyler benching guys like a healthy Christian McCaffrey and T Higgins for Anthony McFarland's, you know, zero points. Do you think that's something we need to try and prevent? Yes or no? Um, that's a loaded question. So, so at the, at the time it didn't bother me because I was trying to win. Right. So it's like, okay, I play Tyler. It's a free win. I didn't care. Now that I'm in a rebuild mode, of course I want to have a better pick, so I'm offended by that strategy. Yeah, so like, I, that's what I told him. I said the worst teams, the bad teams, are the ones that's going to hurt. They're the ones that are going to care. Right, right. 
I mean, I, I do agree to an extent, though, with what he's saying. He pays the fee every year to play. He should get to manage his team however he wants. If he wants to hoard good players and not start them, that's kind of his MO, then go for it, I guess. I mean, you're basically signing up to suck for several years and then try to win one year to make up the difference. But Not necessarily. I mean, he had a good team that was close, so he was signing up to suck for one year at the expense of the bad teams. I don't know. I felt like when you brought up that argument you guys were talking through his roster ahead of that, he did not have that good of a team. Okay, but he did not. He did not have a top five of a t- no. team, no, like like a but bottom was, five team or anything like but that. But he also wasn't a contender, not even close. He he was he was bubble. He was in that tier, not the top tier that you know that me and Billy were in last year. But he was in that that bubble tier um, that could have could have snuck into the playoffs that you were in last year. Yeah, that's the worst tier to be in. Um. And you almost made the playoffs, <laughs> but, uh, but so I, I think, I mean, it, we don't have to just debate that, but like talking to most people that I, I mean, I guess you're like the first two to tell me otherwise, but everyone else I've talked to has not liked that and agreed that we need to prevent that from happening. Uh, well, I mean, you haven't said one way or the other. You have. I'm not a know. super opinionated person about stuff like that. Like, do I love it? No. Does it bother me? Not really. Because like, if we don't care about that, then just do flat record. If you then and then the the team who does that, it's going to be turned into five teams, six teams, and as you get close to the playoffs, every as soon as teams don't think they can make the playoffs, they're only going to start the worst lineup they possibly can. And it'll be more and more of the league as the year goes on, trying to score as close to zero points as they can. They'll start, they'll pick up defenses with negative that they think we're going to negative, head coaches they think we're going to negative. And they'll literally go, if they have the roster space, pick up guys that'll get zero points and start them. And then it will go towards, you know, that. It'll be a competition. There'll be more teams competing by the end of the year for the best pick than there will be for the playoffs. And I don't know. That's and the case so this year, though. If if that does matter and we go by record, then that's what I'm worried about. Then you'll have Teddy Zulu, who's going to have a bad team, but he'll have too much integrity to do that. And Teddy will have a bad team picking freaking eighth pick every year instead of the fifth that he normally does. <laughs> uh, so that's why I think we need to prevent that. Um, and based on that, the best I could come up with is ideal lineup points. Now, when you and I were talking about this while we were working out, um, like last week or something, you threw out something, and I think Sam threw this out at a different time too, that it may be a hybrid between ideal lineup and record combined is the way to go that right. you have. And, and actually you said something that I thought was interesting. You said you go by rank, but you have the difference between ideal lineup and actual lineup. So it yeah. rewards you starting a good roster. That means if you are benching your studs and starting guys at zero and you have a big difference between the two, you get punished for that. But it's record right. with those punishments built in. So what I think that does is it incentivizes managing your team like properly, right? It rewards you for being a good owner. You start the right players. You're trying to do well. And it helps prevent the people from doing what Tyler did, right? So if you have a decent team and your ideal lineup points is 2,000 and your actual points is 1,000, that's a huge difference. But if your ideal lineup points is 1,400 and your actuals, you know, 1,550, that's only 150 point difference, like that manager should get rewarded 
whether it's like better lottery odds or something, you know, to help position where that draft pick should be so that it does de-incentivize blatant tanking, but also incentivizes good roster management. Now, what if someone is genuinely trying and they suck? Like, let's think Kenny Sewell or something like that. You know, yeah. we have Kenny out there who, let's AKA say, he has. No, Ken, Kenny's team actually sucks because his roster just sucks top to bottom this year and this some injuries. But, uh, but let's say, you know, how Kenny managed in our other league and ended up getting last place last year and not doing his last place punishment. Let's say Kenny um, runs his team like that where he's trying to win, but he's just always on the coin flip picking the wrong guy. He's getting punished for that, making every effort losing games and then he still doesn't get the top pick that that so here, way that you're here, saying here's my argument and my argument is his roster is so bad that there isn't yeah, that okay, much potential we're taking, for a we're victory. taking the specifics <laughs> of a roster out of that we're saying anyway, okay but, it, my, I'm just but that's I'm still i think that's still fair if your team is that bad where you're competing for the first pick there's a lower potential differential but than, than okay good teams. okay any person it doesn't matter if they're competing for first let's say they're they're doing poorly and they would be the third worst team or the fourth worst team, but they're trying and trying, but they keep picking the wrong people on the coin flip that you say they should be punished for that. Yeah. We're not handing out participation trophies. This is a competitive league where you're rewarded for doing well and being good. Like you oh. shouldn't get, That's you shouldn't why we get do our, aid. Yeah. Well, we had to introduce ideal lineup points. Because you weren't always rewarded for doing well and being good, because Tyler clearly was proving that well, that's, you're that's rewarded for doing poorly. That's why I suggest the consideration of it, where you're rewarded for doing well and punished for sucking. Uh, we we could probably debate this for a long time. I think we'll probably keep the podcast going some into the offseason, do a bunch of episodes near our owners meeting, uh, and debate each proposed rule change. Are there any other rule changes that come to your mind that you want to uh, just get on there? I don't know if I love the idea yet, but I'd be curious to see what people think. We talked about this a little bit when we were working out is individual defense lineups, like a couple corners, a couple linemen and a linebacker or something like that. I think that would be interesting is right now. I feel like team defenses are just kind of stale. Like it's not, it's not interesting. Um, I think we talked about this too, like a league expansion down the road could be interesting. Adding a couple teams would be fun. Do an expansion draft. That could be cool. I think I would be open to that. Someone threw out expanding the playoffs and I hate the NBA or, you know, any, anywhere where it's half the teams or more than half the teams make the playoffs. Yeah. I want the regular season to matter. So I'm telling you my dictator part is coming out where I'm not going to expand the playoffs unless we expand the size of the league. Um, I, I would be open to expanding to like a 16 playoff with buys if it was a 14 team league. Um, and league expansion is something if we do ultimately vote on, won't be the next year. It's something we'll vote on doing maybe a year or two out uh, because so you can, as like if we were to do IDP, we would vote it for it to be implemented a year or two out. So you're not just going to like throw that out on someone like, okay, now we're doing a draft pick of all the defensive players or. What about a wild card system then? The top team from each division gets an automatic playoff spot. And then the three best teams below them play in a wild card bracket for the other two spots. Or three teams like in a bracket? Or well, like the way that Major League Baseball is, right? Like there's the division winners get a bye, and then two other teams. So it'd be what's that, five teams? Six, six teams that make yeah, the playoffs. That's what I was just saying. A six team oh. with the first rounds getting buys, the first oh, the top mean. two getting buys. Um, I would I was be thinking open of to this that. in my head while you were explaining it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I would be open to that if we expand the league, but I don't want more than four teams making the playoffs while the league is small. Um, and I can tell I'm going to get roasted in the group me by it because I think there are a handful of people that do want that. But too bad I don't like the idea of six teams <laughs> making it because if we did six teams making it like this year, there'd be some not great teams in the playoffs. Like, what's the point? Just so they feel good. Um, like they're not gonna. I'm, no, there's like no given week where the six best team is beating Billy or Tyler or you. I mean, Teddy beat me in the playoffs that one time when he was. I've, I've talked about it multiple podcasts, and he did not have a top four roster that year. Um, but uh, okay, yeah, IDP, go, well, IDP is something that open to. Don't feel strongly one way or the other. Curious about it. It'll be interesting to have a conversation with other people mm-hmm. on their thoughts on it. We'd have to determine as a league how to do the scoring too. Yeah, I don't want the defensive players, depending how many we have. You know, if we just roll out with like 10 defensive players, don't want the scoring to just be too much. And then defense is worth more and your roster now is worthless. Um, maybe start with three and then make it six after next season. Like there'd be a lot of holes, you know, that go mm-hmm. with that if it passes to ultimately go to IDP at some point. I would like to say – so sort of unrelated. Uh, I currently have the highest points against in the league at 1,242. Guess who has the lowest? No surprise here. Obviously, it's Billy, and I'm not even like Obviously, so. Billy with 968. He's the it's only person Billy that's given year. up less than 1,000 points. Doesn't make sense. Well, Billy, uh, shout out. He is the highest scoring team, too. And the second yeah. highest scoring team is me, and he's going to be playing me twice So the, uh, in the next three weeks. He's got almost 100 more points than you. Yeah. Um, so the he has what eighty some more points than me. But I'd also he, like to point out you have twenty eight moves this year. He has ten. So maybe you should just have more faith in your roster. Hey, you've got twenty three moves here. Sammy's I'm at <laughs> I'm, first. I'm third. Sammy Sammy's is second with twenty six. And who is least? Tyler has two moves. I'm curious what those two moves are. Uh oh, interesting. They're probably. I mean, a trade head coaches picking up a head coach or something. No, I don't think he ever starts one. Um, but any other rule changes uh, that you want to just briefly talk about? Cause we're got to wrap this up soon. It's going on four. What, no, uh, what not, time is not, it when we started? Not that I can think of. We started at like a little after two, I think, or three, no, two. You want to say it? No, no. We started like two fifteen or something, right? I had a two o'clock meeting. Uh, shit. Uh, we, then we started we've been going an hour and a half. Is it two? Th- do we start at two thirty? I don't know. We started, yeah, know. 2.30, a little after 2.30. We got on the call at like 2.30 and started. So this is definitely going to be the longest podcast. Okay, well, then let's definitely wrap it up here. Well, hold on. Before we wrap it up, I do want to give out my uh, my fun fact. Okay, let's do it. Fun fact. So what was the first year of the, the Dynasty League? 2000? I believe it was 2014. 2014. So we had a milestone happen last week that many people might not be aware of. Uh as of last week, there was only one running back that was drafted in the original draft in 2014 that was still rostered, Mark Ingram, and he was just released. He's now a free agent. So there is not a single running back that was drafted in 2014 still on a roster. RIP Mark Ingram. I wonder who the second longest was. Maybe like Frank Gore last year or something. <laughs> so, and then a couple of other percentages. This is all on the sheet, by the way. People just may, maybe don't look at it. Uh, 13.6% of wide receivers that were drafted in 2014 are still on the roster. This number surprises me, though. Quarterback, 26%. Would you expect to be higher or lower? Lower. There's not been a ton of quarterback turnover. Let's Well, let's take a look. I actually have the sheet. One up. of every four quarterbacks. Oh, wait, in eight years. I mean, eight years is a long NFL career. 
And most guys weren't rookies back then. Yeah, there are, per this, and now I haven't updated this tab in a while, but it shows 11 quarterbacks that were drafted in the initial draft that were on, um, that are currently so, on a roster. I will tell you them. Brady. Yeah. I will tell you them in order of how they were drafted and the round they were drafted. And there was one first rounder. You care to guess? One first rounder, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he was the third pick by Andrew, and now he's on my roster. Uh, two third rounders. We had Matt Ryan by Sam. He's still on Sam's team. Never got rid of him. And Matt Stafford, who Bryant drafted, who is now Tyler. Bryant it's funny because back then Brady wasn't a top pick because people thought he was old. Yeah. Russell Wilson went in the fourth um, by David, still on his team. Or it was Bowie at the time. Tom yeah. Brady, also in the fourth by Kevin McNell. Now it's on my team. Or, um, yeah. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I took in the 11th. Geno Smith, Bowie took in the 11th. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably a rookie back then. Derek Carr, yeah, Clint Bowdy took, uh, wow. who's now Keenan. Sam has had a poor track record with bringing people to the league. Teddy Bridgewater in the 14th, Kirk Cousins in the 15th, and Jimmy Garoppolo in the 22nd round. Wow, there were a couple surprising names in there for eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Dino Smith caught me off guard a little bit. Um, there was one other person you said now that I can't remember who I was a little bit surprised was in the league eight years ago or would have been drafted eight years ago. But, uh, yeah, not a, not a lot left, but more than I thought. Yeah, the uh, – and just going with the quarterbacks, the top 10 quarterbacks we drafted in that initial draft uh, were Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, Nick Foles, Colin Kaepernick, and Russell Wilson. Those were the top wow. 10 taken. Yeah, blast from the past. That takes me back to 2014 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 2014 uh, was Jim Harbaugh coaching the 49ers. Probably was. I mean, you saw Kaepernick was top 10 pick by, by Billy mm -hmm. Nugent. That must have been right after their Super Bowl year. Yeah. Um, any other stats, fun facts you have? I think those were all the fun facts I have. Okay. Well, Mark Ingram was one of 86 running backs drafted that year, by the way. I mean, do you want to hear the top 10 running backs? No. no okay. <laughs> all right. Well, then let's do, I guess, just move on to predictions so we can wrap this up because this is definitely going to be the longest podcast so far, uh, but that's okay. okay. People will listen. You put out the contact the content. Yeah. They'll 100%. listen. It's just kind of like quality uh, stuff. <laughs> so predictions. Now yeah. um, let's go through them. You make your predictions. I'll, I'll give add some commentary too. But our game of the week is Tyler versus Jonathan. So we'll add that one last. Okay. And you know, and let me say why that was game of the week. There's some playoff implications on the line for that one. We have realistically looking at the at it. There's five teams that have a really good shot for the playoffs. Me, Billy, Tyler, for the most part, there's four weeks left. If we win two out of four, we all have a really good shot unless someone passes us on the um, tiebreaker. But mm -hmm. unless someone passes us on the tiebreaker, if we win two, we should be in. <clears throat> Griffey and Keenan, one of them, you know, has a good shot, but they play each other in the last week, as I mentioned. Griffey plays Tyler, so that's important. Um, and then Sam, if he wins out – he should be in, and he has games against Billy and Tyler. So there's a lot of good matchups, but across these last weeks, uh, before yeah. we get the predictions, we have this week between those five teams, we have Billy versus Sam. And if Sam loses one, he's done. Billy versus Sam and Tyler versus Jonathan. The next week, Billy versus me. 
Um, and we have, yeah, just that one. The week after that, Billy versus me again, because I randomly drew him as the opponent I played twice, and Sam versus Tyler. And then in that last week, we have uh, Keenan versus Jonathan. So over these last four weeks, a lot of games that are going to matter with playoff implications. But only one should, unless there's an upset, only one game. You know, it was the obvious choice for game of the week, and that's Jonathan versus Tyler. So pick that one last, and let's go through them. All right, so I'll just go in order uh, with the exception of the game of the week uh, based on ESPN. So we've got me uh, versus Kevin. So there's absolutely no way I beat him this week. I think the biggest question will be, can I outscore his bench? Um, (laughs) The highest projected player I have on my roster after Geno Smith is Allen Robinson. To give you an idea of how my team's looking this week with buys, injuries, and just the state of my roster. Yeah. Looking at the projections, the checkbox is on him for every single one. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. I mean, to be fair, Gino might outscore Dak and Tua individually, but that'll be it. That'll be it. Yeah, I mean, Uh, Gino's averaging 18.2, Dax. He hasn't played the whole season, but only averaging 14.6. What was the game of the week? Tyler Jonathan? Yeah. So what's next for you? You and Andrew, not even close. I mean, again, I don't think there's any scenario (laughs) in which Andrew beats you this week. Uh, yeah, honestly, his, he would, especially with Lamar on by, I mean, that would maybe be the one, if the one way that he could put up a game is if, you know, your guys just don't have a great week and Saquon and, uh, Lamar go off, but that's not even possible. So I'm going to say you're going to win that game by more than the current projected total of 155 to 109. There's no yeah, way Andrew breaks Honestly, this is the first time all year that I'm not starting a head coach, we'll say. And and I've outscored Andrew, it looks like, seven out of nine weeks this year. So there have been two times where he's he's outscored me. Wow. So we'll see. But, yeah, oh, I, I'm saying no way. Uh, then we got Sam and Billy, which doesn't sound like it should be a close matchup, but the predictions are showing a, a three-point spread, and it does look like both teams have set their rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Allen's a bit of a question mark. I mean, he was like, maybe not even going to play this week. I guess the injury he has is like the more severe version. He requires Tommy John. So, which good for me. I picked up Case Keenum if that happens, but that could be interesting to see. Josh Allen obviously been very good this year. Looked a little bit rough last week. They're playing Minnesota. who's looked good. He's potentially hurt. He's got Stafford starting who has not looked great this year. Um, but I mean, outside of that, his team looks I mean, those pretty much unstoppable. Receivers, yeah, he, he's rolling the little, uh, the dice a little bit on Michael Hardman, but he does have some players on by. Actually, he doesn't have many players on by, does he? Just Ramondre Stevenson, who's been having a good year. Who's been a well, um, Hardman? Look at three, four straight games. He's put up double digit points. The last four weeks. Yeah, well, I think he's had multi touchdown games too. No, he's yeah, never had more than one touchdown. Look, go look, click on. Yes. Yeah, what? Look at oh, the game against San Francisco. One of them, he had three of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the other ones, he's only had one. The other two, the other yeah. three, yeah. Yeah, they've been getting on the ball, so we'll see. Um, but, I mean, Sam's team, this is interesting to me that he's projected this high. Let's see. Patty Mahomes against Jacksonville. Yeah, I can see why that's high. Derek Carr has looked pretty awful this year. Against Indy, though, he'll probably light them up. DeAndre Swift's back. Only projected 11 against the Bears. That's probably a low. I, I'm going to guess DeAndre Swift's going to put up more than 11, unless he's, like, still hurt. It says he's questionable, but he won't play if he's even borderline. There's no point in the Lions trying to win if he's, you know, or playing him if they're if they're two and eight or whatever. Uh, Tony Pollard against Green Bay. Mike Evans. I mean, he does. Sam has a lot of good flex talent. 
on his team. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, Tyree Kill, Amon Ross St. Brown, who before he was hurt was one of the top receivers in the NFL. Uh, Debo now. He's healthy. Yeah, I don't know. Sam's I, team's getting healthy. My, my bold prediction this week will be Sam upsets Billy if I have to pick one just looking at the, the scoreboard. So and far. I hope it's because Sam listened and he has a head coach this week. That would be so <laughs> funny if Sam wins by less than four points and Andy <laughs> Reid gets some four points or something like that. <laughs> um, but the, the wild card here is is absolutely Josh Allen. Josh Allen doesn't play, mm-hmm. then Billy should be calling you about Geno Smith. <laughs> I'm I'm all ears. I don't want Stafford back though, for the record. <laughs> uh, then we got Keenan versus Teddy. I mean, this should be a no brainer. But let's see. Projected one fifty one to one thirty. Teddy's got a sneaky good roster, man. <laughs> if Justin Fields plays like he did last week, he could win. P.J. Walker, I mean, P.J. Walker is not going to put up a lot of points. I mean, he had even negative on his points best last day, week, I think. I was say, even on his best day, he's not going to put up anything respectable. Uh, Najee, curious to see now that I've traded him, he'll probably start playing like he used to and pop off and put up 30. Uh, George Pickens has not been that great this year, if I'm <clears throat> remembering correctly. Ayuk stepped up this year. Lockett's having a decent year. Um, don't love his other running backs though that he has on at flex. I don't love Antonio Gibson or Jeff Wilson. Although Jeff Wilson in Miami has had a pretty good his first game I think was pretty good. Uh yeah, Garrett Wilson on by hurts him. Isaiah likely's had a couple good games lately. That hurts him a little bit. I mean I don't see why Keenan would lose here, but I guess it's possible. Teddy outscored him last week. Keenan's outscored him every other week. But oh yeah. Keenan, or Teddy picked up Justin Ross. I had him all year and cut him. But uh him the yesterday or whenever that was. Wait, why did you cut him? Because when I talked to you about him before, you were well, you were trying to trade me him a while back. I had some hurt guys. I mean, he was just throwing. I was was saying he was yeah. worth less than a third or whatever, but it just says throwing. Um, but uh, I had some hurt guys, and so I wanted someone else in the IR spot so I could just pick someone else up instead of him mm-hmm. just sitting on my IR. Uh, but yeah, Keenan, this one could be sneaky close. What Teddy does is Teddy takes down. You know, he it's David and Goliath. It, Every time is Teddy. Teddy yeah. beat me. Teddy wins when he shouldn't. Teddy, you know, that's what Teddy does. So Teddy could Teddy actually is. kill Keenan's playoff soaps today or this weekend. I don't see yeah. it. I think Keenan's going to win. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think Keenan will should be calling you about, about Gino <laughs> looking at seeing Mariota so two, there. Who two I don't people now that should be calling me. About I, I don't think – I don't think Mariota is going to be start by the end of the year. But – um, but no, uh, Teddy could win and kill Keenan's playoff hopes, but I think Keenan's gonna, you know, come out closer than the experts think, as Lee Corso would say before he lost his mind. Okay. And then we got Kenny and David. So another solid matchup here. I don't even need um, to look at it. Kenny's gonna lose. David's not gonna win. Kenny's gonna lose. <clears throat> we'll put it this way. Uh, David's three projected highest scoring players are Jimmy Garoppolo, Trevor Lawrence and Russell Wilson, who obviously all three can't play at the same time. Uh, meanwhile, Kenny's projected quarterback scoring is uh, Drew Locke with zero, Malik Willis with zero, Kyle Trask with zero, Mac Jones on by. So he will have no starting quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> Kenny is is with his zero starting quarterbacks. He's all but locked up the top pick, and he's not going to win another game. So like, I don't even need more more content behind that. I don't think. Dialing it back a little bit, though, I was a little bit surprised that David traded for uh, Miles Sanders. I don't know why he would want him. I don't now think his that, team is that close to being competitive yet. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, we've talked enough trades. Let's. Let, yeah. I'm not going to go into that. So we can let's wrap this up with the game of the week. Game of the week. So we've got Griffey versus Tyler. I mean, Tyler's obviously the favorite. Um, ESPN agrees. Uh, Jonathan is starting a head coach this week. That could be what puts him over the top. The Eagles at Washington. That's probably a few points. But let's look at the roster. So Tyler Herbert at San Fran. Kirk Cousins at Buffalo. Those are both games where those quarterbacks could have not great games. Those are two good defenses that they're playing. That could uh, that could be interesting to see. McCaffrey at the Chargers. He's going to light them up. Their defense is awful. Uh, Josh Jacobs at Indiana. That's good for Jacobs. Josh Palmer has not looked good this year. At San Fran, I don't see him putting up many points. Christian Kirk at Kansas City. I mean, if anyone's going to catch the ball against Kansas City, it has to be Kirk. They, Jacksonville doesn't really have any other weapons besides Etienne. A.J. Brown's been arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL this year. Probably the biggest turnaround year over year. Even though he was good in Tennessee, he's just been so dominant. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, obviously, going to score. Aaron Jones at Dallas, C.D. Lamb at Green Bay. I mean, I like a lot of his matchups. I really don't like his quarterback matchups, though. I can see Herbert and Cousins both not having good games. Yeah, but you like those better than Baker Mayfield is now a backup. I do. I do. I'm I'm looking at these individually. I'm looking at these individually because it's not really – I mean, that's what matters, right? Um, Baker Mayfield, yeah. So he's only playing one quarterback? I mean, who else does he have? Let's look. Nobody. Nobody. Because Burrow's on bye. I mean, there's almost no way he's going to beat Tyler with one quarterback. Is there anyone on his team that has the potential of, like, just blowing up and carrying it? Stefan Diggs for sure. And with Honestly. yeah, Jamar Chase hurt too. Cordell Patterson, I could see him getting multiple touchdowns against Carolina. Dude, he's That's a another stud, guy. Man. Uh yeah, I just don't think I love that he's playing Thielen, Thielen and Elliott, but uh, I don't see either of them like popping off. Yeah, Without, I just don't with, think it's possible. With, yeah, with so you your money's on Tyler here. If he had Burrow, I, I think you could almost say it's a coin flip, but other than that, I just I can't. There's no way. I don't think. Yeah, and if he had J- Jamar Chase too, and then absolutely if he right. had both them. But as long as he's if it was zero from one of his quarterbacks, I don't think that's it. And he's and Keenan has the tiebreaker over him. I don't think. I think this might be Griffey's kind of playoff hopes slipping away here. Now he does yeah. play Keenan. You know he can w- lose this one and still make it. But it, losing this definitely puts him at an uphill battle, especially if Keenan wins. Yeah. And who, who's he borderline? Is it him and Sam that are, like, borderline? And Well, he and Sam Keenan have, have the same record. Sam has one less win. Okay. So he was playing – was it Sam last week? Is that the game? Uh, No, he played me last two week. Two weeks ago. Okay, that's two weeks ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what are his playoff – what's his odds to make the playoffs? Uh. Forty percent. Yeah, they give Keenan sixty-four, Griffey forty, Sam sixteen, and the other three of us over all over ninety. And then the other five team, five, six teams in the league combined three <laughs> percent. <laughs> Look at the Ryan Leaf division, though. By the way, seven and two, six and three, four and five, did, two and seven, one and eight, one and eight. <laughs> I can't remember. Did we? Uh, recalibrate it was that this year or was it last no we reset the divisions this year so it's going to be we do it we voted a couple years ago to we do it every other year so it's going to be yeah. the same divisions next year too yeah <laughs> looking then, good yeah. if you're in the ryan leaf division <laughs> oh no yeah, we're, not, we're not a great division. 
Yeah, well, I'm also not looking great, so. That's why Billy has such low points against. But, <laughs> but yeah, sure. um, I'm with you. I think this game's it's Tyler's um, to lose. Now, Griffey does have some stars that could put up the points, but I, I, my money, if I'm betting, is is on Tyler there. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. All right, closing thoughts. Oh, Anything? Man, I don't know. I feel like we've talked about everything. Yeah, definitely our longest podcast yet. It's probably an hour and a half long, if not longer. Good. So good. I'm gonna have to listen back. All right. Well then I will uh let you go. It's been fun. And can I get a suck it buoy? Suck it buoy. Suck it buoy. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, dude. All right, bye. See ya.